a mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, Drive Radio. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tech Automotive. Charlie Grimes, of course, our engineer, and Larry Unger answering phones, 303-477-5600. Spent a lot of the time today talking about, you know, drivers, and our question of the day was what irritates you the most about today's drivers, and, you know, we we had a lot of calls on that, so I'll just say that. You, you can call and still have a comment if you'd like, but we really did talk a lot about that. Um, I was going to talk a little bit today, and I wanted to because we all know fuel prices are high. You can look around in Colorado. We're actually one of the lower states that are out there, believe it or not. We're, we're at the bottom end of what things are at on a national level. Most places right now, you're going to be in the mid fours for gasoline and the mid fives, if not $6 a gallon for diesel. So we're a little bit insulated and have a little cheaper pricing here. But even at that, I mean, you look around the pumps right now, you're 410, 420 a gallon. 515 to 550 for diesel folks you got to do every single thing you possibly can to save money at the pump so a few things i'll give you a few tips and by the way most of what we're going to talk about here uh, outside of preventative maintenance by the way number one thing to do preventative maintenance from fluid changes to spark plugs to any other type of service needed injection services and so on epr engine performance restoration from bg all those different things. If you're not doing those on a routine basis, get caught up. That's probably the number one thing you can do to improve fuel economy overnight is do that. On top of that, air pressure and tires, alignments, extra weight in the vehicle that's not needed. I mean, everything from a case of water to you name it. Any, any ounce of extra weight you're carrying around is costing you extra fuel economy. Aerodynamics, another big one. Ski racks, bike racks. Believe it or not, even bike racks and things on the back of an SUV. Baskets on top. Car carriers on top. I mean, one of these things where if you're not using it and it doesn't have a ski in it, a bike on it, (laughs) or something inside of it, take it off. If you don't mind paying extra fuel, then leave it on. I could care less. But if you're concerned about fuel and watching your pennies, and trying to budget things correctly, take those things off. The majority of them are meant to come on and off very easily, and take them off. If you're not using it, again, if it doesn't have a ski, a bike, or whatever in it, take it off the car and save money on fuel. On the same token, if you like spending money on gas, who cares? Knock your socks off. (laughs) But doing these things will improve fuel economy. A lot of you guys driving trucks, whole different ball game i know and 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 you truck guys are are a breed of your own and i get it but i will tell you choosing the right wheel and tire package even for you guys driving trucks 
can change your fuel economy up to two to three miles a gallon, and I'm not exaggerating. The big, wide tires that stick out from the fenders are doing nothing to help you on fuel economy. It's actually making it far worse. Sure. More drag, far worse. More, yeah, just everything. Yeah. It's aerodynamics. It's how much tread's hitting the, the ground that you're having to push around, the drag that's on it, the friction created, Wait. and so on. Signs of fact, it looks Cent stupid, but anyway, that's another <laughs> comment. That's a whole other conversation. Weight. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah. I, by, the way, I, by the way, just I, I know I've talked about this before, but being a guy that's built trucks for a number of years, still built some of my own stuff, I don't understand that look. If somebody could call in and tell me why you think it looks good to have a really deep dish wheel that sticks way out from the fender uh, with a small tire on it, by the way, uh, if somebody can tell me why that looks good, I'd love to know because I think it's the dumbest look out there. I, I, I look at that and want to just throw up in my mouth. It's like, why did you do that? <laughs> Why did you screw your truck up by doing that? I don't get it. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm so old school that I can't see the new way of doing things, but I don't get it. I have, and, and by the way, I've never been that way. I, every, every truck I've ever built personally, I've done some different things for customers over the years, but everything I've ever built personally, I want things tucked in. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want things sticking outside of the fender. I think it looks stupid. I want things tucked in looking clean and neat. Mm -hmm. That's just me. And I think the truck looks a lot better when you do it that way. Personally, and I think your fuel economy sure. is better, by the way, too. Yeah. The whole time. <laughs> but picking the right tire, by the way. Talk about this with Extreme a lot. Sean at Extreme. This time of the year, if you can run a highway tire versus an off-road tire and you've got the ability to run two sets, run that highway tire right now. You're going you're gonna to save money on, on fuel by running a highway tire versus an aggressive off-road tire. Makes sense. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Phil and Centennial, you're up, sir. Afternoon, Ken. Hey. How are you doing? Good. I'm, I'm good. good. How are you? Great. First of all, ditto on the zippering. I exit 25 south at 225 north every day coming home from work, and I am yelling inside my car, zipper, because it goes down from two to one lane. Phil, how hard is it? It's not hard. Thank I you. do my part. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. So anyway, um, I got a question. How do modern cars get stolen? Because back in the day, you shoved a screwdriver in the ignition, but mm -hmm. today... The car, the keys have chips that talk to the computer. So how are they stealing cars? Not all of them have that security. That if you chip. look at the ones that are yeah. the highest on the theft, yeah. they don't There's have that. The, right. The, the ones. So the F one fifties don't have that. The older ones don't. Nope. Nope. But Several how old are we talking? Oh, they didn't start doing the pass system on those until what? Ken, eighteen oh. maybe. You know this I better than I. Taurus that has the path systems on it. What, what's that again, Phil? I have an 03 Taurus that has the path system on it, and that's easily disabled program. on that one, though. Yeah, Th those are hard to get that? around. But how do you do that? Oh, the thieves know. Yeah, trust exactly. me. And, and, and again, keep in mind, and I say this all the time: if they want the car bad enough, a lot of these rings have tow trucks and rollbacks and so on, yeah. and it's gone anyway. It doesn't matter what you do that way. Period. Yeah. So Even that, a club doesn't matter that, at that point. Right. That's how a lot of the stolen vehicles are happening. They're, they're, they just yeah. back up to it and haul it off. One and yeah. and two. So like the the biggest one we see that are stolen are the Hyundai's and the Kias because they don't have anything and they don't have anything. No. Right. And and they're okay. they're stolen to do other crimes. Right. So they steal it so they can go do something yeah, else. Yeah. They see right. how much gas is in it. Okay. We can go do this and this yep. and then we'll drop that one and go grab another. That's right. And um, That's exactly so, right. Yeah, I mean, there was 
one of my or my brother's girl one of my, <laughs> my brother's girlfriend <laughs> works in a parking or she works at a, a manufacturing place and her parking lot has three stolen or had three cars stolen out of the parking lot well they found three stolen cars in the parking lot so, so they so, dropped off picked up right exactly yeah, exactly so yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah that's so exactly just, how it works Phil. yeah yeah all right that makes sense so, so i got an emissions question and i can't find this on the website so what cars are required to go on the dynamometer these days do you know it's random so yeah that's any any like. anything newer i'm gonna i'm not sure what the is it seven the, uh, Seven years or newer doesn't go on the dyno. Right, they, they only do the OBD. scan test, yeah. and then it's yeah. random prior to that. If I'm not right. mistaken, it's just it's just however the computer decides. Decides, yep. And and it might okay. be different the two years later. It might be run it on the dyno or run it on the OBD. But it might even be longer than that. It might be ten years on the OBD. But I, I, well, I, can't I took my 2012 right Corvette in last. You know, last fall, Phil, to do an, an e-test on it, and we talked about that on air and so on. They did not put that one on the dyno. So, again, I it, they yeah. just scanned it, and away we went. Okay. And when they first, you know, got the emission program back up and working after COVID and right. stuff like that, they tried to do mostly uh, just mostly OBD just to save time. Right. Because there's there such a out. backlog. The, right. Yep. Exactly. So I hit and miss. But I, I don't think there's a standard, Phil. Eight. Yeah, there's not. I've done eight tests in the last, or I'm sorry, three tests in the last eight months. A 2004 that was a new buy, that went on the dyno. A 2005 I was going to sell, that went on the dyno. And then a 2008, a couple weeks ago, they just plugged into yeah. the OBD port. Sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. My nine, just, my 2009, they've always just plugged into it. Um, I think my 11. Just can't yeah. find this on their website. Well, it's, 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 you can't. It's not there. No, and there's nothing. It, because it's not classified by year. That's right. It's so not there. Speak, it's, it it's, really is a crapshoot. Yeah. I think, Phil, personally speaking, I think some of it is based upon the history that you've had in there prior. In other words, those two that you got that were new that had never been in the system, it, owned by you, yeah, I think they're going to dyno those. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. So, yeah. All right. One last thing. So I threw out this car topic a while back, and I guess I missed it. Cheapest car part to break. When I threw it out, it was a coolant hose tee. Well, I beat that by a lot last week when uh, my wife's 2017 Fusion wouldn't stay in park. And it turns out a uh, $2.50 bushing that attaches the shift cable shift to the transaxle <laughs> broke. Yeah. Two fifty, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really $0.25. Cents, but... I know, but it disables the whole car. Two fifty. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there's no small part nope. that's any less important than the big part. That's so, right. You know, Great point. Uh... Yep. All right. Have a good day, guys. Good All one, right. Phil. Appreciate it. In fact, I'll bring that topic back up. That's a good one. I'll add that back into our list. Guys, hang tight. Craig, Arnie, hang tight. We're going to come right back. We've got uh, one line open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters, to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners, to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores nationwide. 
Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa Auto Parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. We live in uncertain times. Energy prices are through the roof. But what can you do? You only have one option for your electrical and natural gas needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air can help you keep those costs in line by giving you a free evaluation of your heating, cooling, and electrical demands. They have several ways to save you money, one of which is an infrared test to see where heating and cooling losses may be in your home. Once they do this, they can test and help you determine what can best be done to help reduce those losses and how you can save money. They also have more efficient devices that you can upgrade to that will save you money and make your home more comfortable year after year. So for all of your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, our major sponsor of Fixit Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. We're back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for calling, by the way. We appreciate it very much. Arnie in Foxfield, you are next. And uh, Craig, Ralph, hang tight. We'll get right to you. But Arnie, what's going on, sir? Well, since you were talking gas and fuels, whatever, I just, hey, opportunity maybe to, to you know, I'm an old, old, old guy, so I'm, I'm used to things way back. And, and the way it always used to be, as I recall, many, many years ago was, Diesel fuel, by the gallon, was significantly less costly mm-hmm. than gasoline, first of all. Secondly, these days, which things are just completely out of control for obvious reasons, is diesel not only is, is 
more money than gasoline, and that's that's been going on for some time, I think. Although I don't. It, no, no, you're right. It started with the ultra low sulfur fuel that really raised the price of diesel because they had to do more refining of the product, which raised the price, and that has stayed with that since they did that back in twenty. 10-ish, I want to say, yeah, maybe maybe that. even before that, but but around, so, right around 2010. So refining cost is high enough or higher, therefore now it is actually more costly per gallon. Or is there something yes. else that makes diesel way more? Well, you know, two things: the ultra low sulfur diesel fuel okay. has raised that price. Okay. Number two, it's a supply and demand issue, and un. un Unlike what most people believe, diesel is not a byproduct of making gasoline. Diesel is its own distillant. They make right. it. They make jet fuel, kerosene, all of that. You you know that well enough, Arnie, to know right. how that right. works. But they do yeah. it in batches, and that's the difference between it and gasoline. Gasoline, they roll it out every day. They know everybody's using it. Diesel's different because we export finished diesel product. The airline industry uses it as jet fuel on down the line we go. They only make X amount of diesel fuel for a particular time frame. And they've got all sorts of speculators and people that work into those, you know, the, the, those those facts and figures and so on. And I'll be honest with you, they just haven't been producing enough of it recently. And then when you get pipeline shutdowns like they had on the East Coast that, that you know, affect the direct supply of finished product, it does nothing but just raise the price because there's not enough to go around. They don't have enough, they don't have inventory of it right now also, Arnie, is the other reason why it's raising it. They just don't have the, you know, X amount of millions of barrels in storage of finished product like they normally do. So when it gets down, they raise the price, which theoretically yeah. is supposed to slow down the buying of it, therefore increasing supply again. The problem is the demand has stayed the same no matter what the price is. 225 hasn't changed at 6 o'clock in the morning, has it? Nope, sure hasn't. <laughs> sure hasn't. Well, yeah, so I, I just, it, it, it's, this is so distorted, and I never really understood, you know, that upfront part is why diesel was on the, is more expensive than, as I thought, over in the past, it was always less. And, and it always was right, until that changed. particular it's, component, it's because of the emissions side of it, they're trying to get the NOx down. And when yeah. they did that, and they came up with the ultra-low sulfur, which sulfur was a lubricant as well. That's also where we found right. a lot of problems inside of diesel engines when it came to injector pumps, injectors, and so on, is it didn't have enough lubricity to the ultra-low sulfur because the sulfur was a lubricant inside the fuel to help the diesel it's, to help the diesel components themselves work better. When when that went away, it, it not only raised the price of fuel, but the repair costs went up too, Arnie. Okay. Well, I you know I just this this whole distortion seemed to be where I couldn't even understand it. Now, of course, I don't understand the political parts of it, which are a big part anyway. Yeah, it but is. <laughs> yeah, the, world, the world's political. Uh, well, and again, and part of that, Arnie, on story. the politics side, real quick, and this isn't right, left, or middle. This is just the facts. We export a lot of finished diesel products to South America and other parts of the world. And if we would just slow that down, raise our current inventory levels up in this country, it would lower the price of diesel fuel. So again, people keep saying, well, the president, you know, the White House can't do anything to change the price of fuel. That's BS. Yeah. Yes, they can. Overnight, they can. Not if politically it doesn't work right, then they can't. But that's all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, as I just, you know, and I, how in the world do you can keep a trucking trucking in this country under control with what's going on 
So they, they have to just keep exactly. raising prices, which, you know, all of us are paying for in final goods, you know, everything oh, yeah. from eggs to milk yeah. to whatever. We're going to pay more money for it. It's all there is to it. That's why right. inflation is it not at 8% like they claim. It's more like 15, Arnie. Yeah. Well, and that's, and of course, all the chain reaction, like how many, how many manufacturing operations are going wacko because they can't get their, their sure. stuff right. to, to manufacture or put together or assembly or whatever it is. And you're you're it, correct. It, nailing everything you're correct yep spot on okay well i just that that whole diesel gas and thing i never heard why from the old old days why diesel was more money than gas there's your answer yeah yeah okay well that's that's my 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 pitch for the day great question (laughs) no thank you arnie no i appreciate that great question by the way because most people don't know why diesel went up you know really significantly you know Back then, about 75 cents a gallon, mm-hmm. uh, and then it went above what gasoline was because, it, to his point, it used to be about 50 cents a gallon less. Well, back in 2004, when I bought my first diesel, and that's when it always was about 50 cents less a gallon or something like that at that point. And then back in 04, when I bought that, all of a sudden it was more, mm-hmm. you know, and that was in 04. And mm-hmm. then, of course, it changed again yep. in like 2010. So, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's, uh, there's your reasons. Craig yeah. and Wheat Ridge, you're up. Hey, John, I can confirm what you said about, you know, your tire and wheel package. I've got an F-150, and it came with factory rims and basically an all-season-type tread design. Well, for winter, I put a second set of wheels with a little more aggressive tread pattern, and I have the capability of getting a fuel economy reading right there on the dash. And, you know, let's say at 70 miles an hour and under similar conditions, I can confirm that, you know, I'm getting, I put the, the all seasons back on and I'm getting two gallons or two miles per gallon better yeah. than I was with the other yeah. wheel tire set. It, 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 especially on trucks, Craig, it, it's, yeah. it's significant. And, and again, a lot of these guys running around and maybe they just have a lot of money or, or I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the mentality is, but a lot of them that are running the wheel tire packages that they are, I, I don't get, because when you're looking at a lot of them being diesels at, you know, five thirty a gallon, I don't understand why you wouldn't be doing things to try to you know save money, but maybe they've got more money than sense, Craig. I don't know. Well, I used to bicycle race, and the, and the the cheapest way you could make your bike faster was to put a lighter set of uh, rims and tires, a wheel package, rotating mass. Yeah, yep. rotating mass. And that that comes into play as well, especially right. at seventy miles an hour. You've right. got a great big chunk of rubber rolling there. It's mm-hmm. going to take a lot more horsepower to keep it spinning. You're correct. Rotating mass and the friction increases yep. too. That's exactly right. Yep. yep. There's a lot, lot of factors there, so it yeah. it, it adds up pretty fast. Yeah. But like you say, most of these guys, I think it's an ego thing with the, the wheels and tires, especially when they're ten feet off the ground. So I, I think it's something even other than ego that I won't say on air because I can't. <laughs> we all know what you're what you're getting at. <laughs> it's compensation, Craig. Let's just say it though. I can use that yeah, word. It's compensation. That's exactly right. Okay, that's all I had. All right. No, you're a good, Thanks. man. Oh, by the way, ultra-low sulfur diesel. I did look up while we were chatting, and I Ken Ken was um, kind of reminding me because when he said 04, I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't think it was 2010. I think it was maybe somewhere in the middle. It was 2006. Oh, okay. So ultra-low sulfur, ultra low sulfur diesel became mandatory in about 2006. So I was fairly close in 2010, but 06 is when it actually became uh, a big deal. It started in the EU in about 1993, 
but didn't become mandatory here, I think, until about 06. And even in off-road diesels, locomotive, marine, and so on, I think in 07 even. So uh, it's been around here in this country for quite some time. We've had a lot of growing pains around that, by the way, in the diesel world. So Ralph and Thornton, hang tight. I'm going to give you plenty of time after the break, so stay with us. Got a couple of lines open as well. 303-477-5600. Ralph has a transmission question. We'll get to that in just a moment. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Want to keep making your 30-year payment but own in 15 years? Want to be able to access your equity for future needs and not pay for it now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. We have been showing Coloradans how to own their home in less time without changing their 30-year payment. Home values are at the highest in their history. Take advantage of being able to access your equity for 10, 20, 30 years without making payments now. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Worried about inflation? Everything getting too expensive? Learn how to be able to access your equity without having to refinance and pay closing costs over and over and over. Do it once and you're good for 30 years. Affordable interest mortgage, 720-895-0500. Tired of paying too much interest to own your home? Stop! Learn how to lower your total interest cost, 720-895-0500. 
locally owned and operated since 2001. And where it's all about you is not just our motto, it's who we are. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DORA. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Ken Rackley. Got about a half an hour left here is all. Ralph and Thornton, you are next. What's going on, Ralph? Hey, hi, guys. Um, I have a uh, 2014 Lincoln MKZ hybrid. Uh, I'm an Uber driver. Okay. And, and, of course, I took a year off from March 2020. To My car had 100,000 miles on it, and the scheduled maintenance is to um, do maintenance on the transmission of 150000 So I checked with the Lincoln dealer, and I said, hey, do you know, uh, should we do any maintenance on it? They basically said, no, not unless you're having a problem, that kind of thing. And, and uh, they didn't recommend when I had it worked, have it worked on, to flush the transmission, but just drain it and refill it. Now, the, the key here is that, there's no way to check the transmission on this thing. No, you have yeah, to do it with a scan no tool. It no. ha- has to be done with a scan yeah. tool. Yeah. But my question is, now I have a 40000 okay? My question is, should I just go ahead and wait till 150 No, and, i do it. And, uh, uh, you're, you're, as far as I'm concerned, you're overdue. I'll, I'll argue with the dealer on this when you're overdue at this point. Yeah. So should I have them do a drain and, and just refill? I don't remember. Go ahead, Ken. I don't remember what transmission's in that one. I'm so not I, sure either. I'd have to look and see what the transmission is. Yeah. Is that is yeah. that a a CVT, Ralph? Yeah, electronic CVT. Uh, just do a drain and fill. Yeah. On a yeah, CVT. Drain and fill on. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. so I'm over. To, I'm not having any problems, thank God. So you know. Yeah. And and I'm, and, I'm and the reason why I would have done wonderful. this earlier is because CVTs have far more wear in them than a regular transmission does. The dealer is way off okay. on telling you to not do it. Um, yes. Way off. Yeah. I, I would have done that one at honestly half of where you are now. I'd have done it at seventy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're yeah, way off. Because the maintenance just says one fifty in the book. Of course you know? it does, because that's how and they get I the little window was... sticker in the side to tell you that you need overall less maintenance of ownership. You know, cost of ownership is less because first hundred thousand miles cost that's you right. way less to that's right. service that. That's why they do that, the Ralph. Others. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this is a marketing okay. game, not not yeah. a maintenance game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it, well, you know, I, I didn't know. Yeah. No, you're that's fine. That's why you call. That's why we're here. Good question. Yeah. Great question. All right. I'll I'll get it. I'll get a change. Get her done. Yeah. All right, Ralph, thank you. No, appreciate that very much. And, yes, I, I would have done that. It, we always t- – on CVTs, some CVTs are, are due at 40. Yeah. Depends on the CVT. Some of the Nissans, I'd do at 40 or 50K. Yeah. I wouldn't run it even even over that. You're you're not even going to get 100K out nope. of that transmission anyway. Cha- so. That's right. You better be changing it. <laughs> Gary, yeah. you're up, sir. Uh, yes, John. I was wondering, uh, here in Walsenburg, we have two – stations that sell top tier fuel okay and a bunch of stations that don't have top tier mm-hmm. uh there are a lot of people that aren't buying the top tier because of the price costs more that's right how long can we keep doing that depends on the vehicle engine trouble depends on the vehicle and a great question gary i'm glad you asked this because there's a lot of folks out there that i think are really going to wherever the price is cheapest not caring about the quality of the fuel and they're making big mistakes, especially if they're driving late model, direct injected vehicles 
uh, you know, engines in those vehicles. If it's a direct injection vehicle and you run cheap fuel, you're going to pay for that down the road. You might be saving a little bit now, but it's going to cost you in the end. Believe me. Well, I run a uh, 08 uh, GMC Acadia. Not direct injection in 08, so that one's not as critical. Still critical for carboning up, and that's where the cheap fuels will typically allow the engine to build more carbon in it than the top-tier fuels will. That's why we recommend top-tiers, because carbon buildup becomes very, very expensive. If it get, and, and by the way, carbon buildup decreases fuel economy. So all these people that think they're saving money buying cheap gas, as time goes on and they build carbon because they're running cheap fuel, they're really not helping themselves. They're hurting themselves, Gary, because what they're saving in fuel, they're losing in fuel economy. So at the end of the day, it's a total loss for them. Yeah. But they don't see it. They don't know that. They, they don't understand it. 50 cents a tank full. And I have another question. Uh, we have a new station down here, Love's. Do they sell top-tier fuel? No, Love's is going to be more on the diesel end of things. I don't know what their gas products are or where they come from or what specs they meet, Gary, but no, they are not. To my knowledge, I don't think Love's is top-tier. Okay, well, thank you very much. And by the way, you can always go to, I think it's top-tier Hang on, I'm going to look this up really quick so everybody knows this while we're on this. TopTierGas.com. TopTierGas.com tells you every brand in an area as to whether or not they're top tier or not. Okay. And I'm looking really quick to see if, let me just scroll down to the L's here to see if Love's is listed on here, and they are not. And they have the highest price gas here in Walsenburg. Yeah, those truck stops honestly aren't, aren't... not not beating them up, but they're not helping most drivers. <laughs> Sorry, they're not. Okay. They're easy to get into e- that's right. and out of. In a but truck you're not and- saving money going to the pumps there. Yeah. Well, we have a Conoco here and a Phillips 66. Those are both top use. tier. Yeah. Okay. Keep okay, using well, them. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate it very much. Wayne and Greeley, what's going on, sir? John, Ken, uh, how in the heck are you guys? We're very good Doing today. Can't great, wait to Wayne. get outside because it looks nice out. That's right. See you again. Uh, we were, I know you kind of mentioned different Aziz a while ago and got me started thinking about something that's been a question for me for a long time. Uh, if you go in to buy, I don't know, about 44K, I can't remember. I haven't bought any for a while. But you go in to buy a can of Aziz for your car, and some of them will, the can itself says, well, it'll treat 12 gallons. Well, my car holds 14, so this, this is only an example because I think some of them will treat more than that. Yeah. But That's close it, enough on that one. I wouldn't worry about putting any more in. Truck, right. And I'd end up having to buy two cans because they don't put enough in one can to fill a normal tank. That's right. Or, yeah, that's, well, tank. keep in mind the average tank, and this is true across the board, the average tank today, believe it or not, Wayne, isn't much more than 15, anywhere from 12 to 16 gallons is pretty average on most cars today. Yeah. Now, pickups, Pick, SUVs, yeah, right. and so on will get bigger, but the yeah. average car, and I know because I rent cars all over the country, and the average sedan, average mid, what they call midsize, I call them small sedans, but the average midsize sedan is about, oh, I don't know, 12 to 14 gallons. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I think probably this stems back from when I had vans and pickups. Right, so. bigger tanks and but stuff. Every time yeah. I'd go in to get an Addy for my truck, of course, I had to buy two. You had to buy cans. two. Yep, that's yeah. pretty true. <laughs> Yep. I I wanted to tell you, too, uh, if you ever see me on the road with this 94 Chevy pickup, uh, please don't uh, run me off the road. Uh, I bought this from a guy that had 
wheels on is sticking out past the top. Oh, Wayne! <laughs> no! You're killing me. Yeah, I, and it's got it's got darn no uh, general grabbers on it, too, so thank goodness I only drive it about, well, maybe five miles a month or something. <laughs> you, you need to be on, like, uh, Craigslist or something trying to buy an old set of stock wheels and tires or something for that thing. You know, I would. I'd love to have a good set of stock uh, tires for uh, wheels for that thing. There's probably I, still some I, around, actually. In a minute I, and give somebody these ones yeah. that he's got on there, give them back to him. They'd probably love that. What size are they, Wayne? I might have some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what year is that again, Wayne? <laughs> they're 15s. Uh, yeah. They're 15 on a 94 Chevy half ton uh, K1500. Huh. Is that a three quarter? I mean, is that a four wheel drive or a. Yeah, it's four wheel drive. It should be 16s. Uh, yeah. Those should be yeah, 16s. Oh, you know what? Maybe they are. Hold on. Man. 16s, wow. yeah. Those were 16s. If, it, if they're factory now, if somebody could. Well, I don't think a 15 will fit on fit over the calipers and stuff, so I'm sure it's 16s. You know what? Yeah. I had that written down, and I don't remember. Yeah. No, they came with 16s, Wayne. I out on my driveway, but. It's, uh, it's yeah, funny. It, it was whatever you think it was. Uh, it, it could, you think they were 16s? Yeah. Six lug 16s. I've got... Yeah, that's probably what they are. They're 31, yeah. 10, 50, 16. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not that but, big. Uh, they're nice aluminum wheels. Yeah. I think they're the, the center caps are two different types of... Uh, off of two different types of wheels. The that could be. One and, sure. No, well, that's because if somebody lost one, good luck on finding another one. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you can have them, Ken. You get me a good set of... <laughs> <laughs> Something that's straight, though, Ken. I don't want something that's been running over to boulders up in uh, mountains. There you go. I don't want them beat up. That's huh? funny. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you funny. can spray a little black paint on them, but other than that, uh, <laughs> that's you know, nice. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, right. Wayne. Thanks. Good, good call. No, that's good. That's yeah. funny. Good for you, Kelly and Aurora. You're next. Hi. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hey, I just got back from Europe. Okay. I, uh, rented a cheap car in Italy. It was a 1.3-liter turbo diesel with a manual transmission, mm. and that car got 60 miles a gallon, Yep, yeah. and it was a great car. Yep. <laughs> I've, I've owned two Volkswagen TDIs uh, in my day, and I love them both. Mm -hmm. And you know that right now you cannot buy a diesel car in the U.S. Right? Nope, you cannot. Nope. Can't do it. You're correct. And By and the way, dumbest thing ever as far as I'm concerned. Yes, um, and I don't, I don't, I don't get it. If you go to Italy, I'll bet you that seventy-five percent of the cars on the road are diesel, yeah, and it's true. they do it because they're practical. Yep. You get. I drove up to Switzerland, and that thing went up the mountains. Yep. With anything. That's right. This is a one-point-three liter turbo diesel. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, I, I, I don't know. Uh, there's a stigma. You know, two things behind this. One, our EPA is tougher on those than I think they need to be, by the way. It's less, uh, it's less stringent in most foreign countries is why a lot of those diesels are, are built for everywhere, I mean, literally everywhere but the U.S., U.S. and Canada. I mean, you, you literally can go to Mexico, South America, Africa, Europe, uh, you, all over the place. I mean, literally, you can go wherever you want to and find tons and tons of little diesel vehicles like what you're talking about, everything from Toyota pickups to you name it. And they, to your point, they work absolutely 
Fabulous. We, we've got two things going on here. One, our EPA is too tight on diesels, I believe. that They're worried about something, frankly, that they shouldn't be as far – again, they're, they're worried about NOx yeah. when it's not even proven – that that knocks because all the diesel particulates fall to the ground. Yes, knocks can cause cancer, but I don't see too many people licking stuff off the streets. So the reality is I don't think it's as big of a factor as most people think it is and that the EPA thinks it is. There was a huge push uh, you know, back in, the, in that early 2000s to reduce NOx. I don't think it was founded. Uh, that's when the ultra-low sulfur diesel fuel came that we've been talking about through here. Uh, it, 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 by the way, it decreased. So get this. They came, they came up with all these new things for diesels in regards to emissions and so on. All it did, Kelly, was raise the price of the vehicle, lower the basic demand of it because there were so many other factors that came in to be, and, and it raised the price of it so much that most people just chose to go with a gas engine instead. Sure. It lowered the fuel economy of diesel vehicles by what they did with the emissions side of the fence. So at the end of the day, it's been a net loser as far as I'm concerned, Kelly, across the board. And there's also, by the way, I think in this country, General Motors, you can fault them, by the way, for the lack of diesel sales on cars in this country as well, because they really screwed things up back in the day when they entered into the diesel world with their their gasoline-converted diesel engine on station wagons and big sedans and so on, and they literally screwed up the diesel market for Americans because they all thought they were smelly, crappy, you know, poor poor economy, you know, you know, stinky, all this stuff, unreliable. Liability. They really screwed the market up. So blame the EPA and GM for the fact we don't sell more of them in this country. If if you go through all, all the towns in in uh, Europe, there there's no smog <laughs> like you'd think there would be. If you think with most of the cars running on diesel, it's smoggy well, and it, noisy. It, like, None of that exists. Like John was saying, it's a solid. It falls it, it, to the it, ground. Yeah, it falls to the ground. It's on. Right. It's on the. It's, it's a hydrocarbon not, it's, solid. It's so, not something yeah, that floats up into the yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. We, again, we worried about something in this country we didn't need right. to. Yeah. Doesn't the the def uh, prevent that from going to the into the air? Uh, the def is just reducing NOx. It still, though, is a particulate that's going to fall to the ground. Of course, you don't see much brown smoke coming out of a diesel anymore yeah. anyway, so that's not a, a huge of an issue. But That's what the filter is uh, that's for. What, that's what the filter is doing and all the, that. Yeah, the but, solids that yeah. were... But, yeah. but essentially... I, you know, I did have to stop and buy some def at a, at a fuel station in Switzerland, okay. and that was it was expensive, made it a little more expensive, but those those cars are great and yeah. there's a reason they're they're driving so many of them is because right. they work so well that's you right know? you're correct mm-hmm. so, spot on and, and 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 the trucks are not noisy uh our trucks are noisy in this country not there you don't even hear them right you know the big trucks right you know, the, no. you know, the you're trucks. correct no you're right kelly yeah we're, we're behind um, as far as i'm concerned on that and again because of the two things i told you is why i think we are yeah I got sixty miles to the gallon. That's awesome. That's <laughs> good for you. And, yeah. and why? And why we can't? If we're worried about this, why can't we do something like that? You know, we, I mean, we can. If, we yeah. choose not to, Kelly. We have politics in the way of all of that, which is wrong. Absolutely. We can do that, actually. We're so worried about the the, the uh, um, electric cars. You know, yep. that, we're, we're that, worried about things we shouldn't be. We should let the free market decide yeah. what to do. And if we offered people the things that you're just talking about a moment ago, um, number one, it would probably kill the EV market if you did that. That's why they're, that's why they're not here, too, by can't the way. Can't sell electric reason. Can't sell electric cars yeah. if gas is inexpensive. And, th- th- and third reason, yeah. right there. Uh-huh. And you see, you don't see any electric vehicles over there. You don't see any recharging stations. I, well, I did see one recharging station in Europe. Huh. <laughs> so... Wow. So I, 
I don't know. Sometimes I think Europe isn't actually kind of doing it the smart way. When it comes to some of this, I think they are, yes. Now, on the same token, I just got a text message from somebody that said, Europe is instituting a speed limiter on all vehicles, and it'll even make it retroactive on some vehicles. Uh, so anything sold in 2024 and newer will have to have a speed limiter put on it. Yeah. And I did and I did get a ticket for driving a speed uh, ticket in Italy, I think it was, and they sent me a ticket, and it's expensive to pay for now and after the fact. Right. So they're... Camera, the camera got me on that, and I didn't even know know I was speeding. So, and if you don't pay it, are you not like allowed back or something? Or how does that work, Kelly? No, the rental car company uh, paid for it, and okay. they're going to take a fifty dollar, fifty euro uh, fee. Uh, they're going to charge me fifty euros plus thirty four euros to to go through this whole thing, Jeez. and then they're going to pay it for me, oh, and then it's all going to get charged. My credit card is going to cost me probably two hundred. Yeah. Two hundred or more dollars. Yeah, huh. yeah, so, unbelievable. Crazy. Well, good story. Thank you, Kelly, for that. No, I appreciate that very Thank much. You. We're going to run a break, guys. Hang tight. Eric, Mark, we'll be right back. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new adaptive one brakes, and every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our six thousand Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. In these difficult times, Arvada West Auto and Truck is geared up servicing and maintaining their customers' vehicles. Throughout the COVID disruption, they still manage to keep their staff busy every day. As a reminder, Arvada West Auto and Truck specializes in electrical, climate control, brakes, tune-ups, emission failures, exhaust, steering, suspension, drivability issues, and maintenance services. Come visit or call Arvada West Auto and Truck, 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to champ. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. 
You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. All right, we're back. Last segment here, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Eric, what's going on? Hey, John. Hey, uh, when you were saying about with the ultra-low seat sulfur and whatnot on the diesel, here's what people don't realize on the uh, Class 6, 7, and 8 side of the fence, especially on the Class 8 vehicle, which is a tractor-trailer. The All this lovely emissions equipment we have, for about $40,000 of the price tag yep. on a new truck is that. That's right. Wow. On Huge. average. Huge. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, Eric. Yeah. And it's not, I don't care what he says, it's not necessary. Yeah, yeah and, and, and it's about, depending on the truck, it's uh, about 500 pounds, about four to 500 pounds of weight wow. that we're dragging around. Wow. You know, so other components have had to be made yep. lighter. Yep. Um, and, and, of course, as, as they quote-unquote perfected it, it's gotten a little bit lighter, but not by much. But here's the thing with the European stuff is they're on Euro 6 diesel uh, on their diesel emissions and whatnot. And their Euro 6 is about two grades, I guess you could say, better than what we are. Mm-hmm. Because one thing where they've actually been smarter about it is they started the stuff back in the early 90s with their diesel emissions. So the heavy truck makers and everybody else over there, they've had close to 35 years to perfect it. Whereas the EPA here says, you will do this, you will do this now. Yep. Don't argue with us. That's right. You're right. You're, you're right. Can't argue with that, Eric. You're 100, you're 100% correct. Yeah, it's exactly the way it works. Yeah, and it's and, 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 it's and they do that and before the, we even have time to really test things out. And that and that, by the way, is across the board on whatever you want to talk about from OBD to on to where we're at now when it comes to the diesel end of it and so on. Yeah, we, we throw that's, things out at the manufacturers and never really give those guys time to even get it fine-tuned. Well, and that's why Caterpillar pulled out of the, the heavy truck engine, uh, you know, market, or the, 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 you know, the truck market. And that's why Navistar has had so many issues in the heavy truck uh, market, you know, with the truck engines. And even everybody else that's still, you know, that's in the game, there's still issues from time to time. You know, it, it's just, it, it's dumb. But, hey, here's something real quick I meant to bring up earlier uh, on a pet peeve. It's called collision avoidance system. Mm-hmm. And if anybody thinks they're a great idea, I'd love for you to come spend a day in my semi with me because my collision avoidance system has become aware, and it is bound to determine it will kill me. <laughs> it's going to throw you through the windshield. Um, it, 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 so we're going through the Eisenhower tunnel. It sees ghosts. 
Jeez. Oh. And it, it's it's actually, a, or well, even going through the Central 70 stuff, um, there's various things that will trigger it. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty certain one of these days, it, it it's not going to throw me through the windshield. I have gotten better about wearing my seatbelt, but uh, it's, you know, Wow. Yeah, it, it's bound and determined to kill me. And, Interesting. Uh, it, yeah, it just, it's, it has so many little deals to it. And there's times where you're going along and it will just randomly apply the brakes. Interesting. You're too close to the vehicle in front of you. Mm-hmm. you. You know, like say you're in stop and go traffic. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're 45 miles an hour down the highway. Traffic in front of you is stopping. My collision avoidance system is counting down, counting down, counting down. The traffic in front of me takes off, but at point five, it stops. Seconds of closing, yep. it it beeps at me, brake, and begins to apply the brakes. Wow! Even though traffic is accelerating away from me right. now, it's not smart enough to see I, and that. And it actually will. Yeah. It overrides my the yeah. throttle sometimes. Yeah, wow. I get it. Eric, I'm going to run with that. I'm going to try to get two more in here really quick. I appreciate your call. Mark, go ahead. You're next, sir. How are you? Good afternoon. How are we doing, sir? Well, good. I went to Cars and Coffee today, knucklehead story, uh, on a steep hill to turn into the the show. Manual transmission Porsche I have. Ferrari pulls up right behind me, a brand new one, and he's one inch from my bumper, and I'm trying to do the clutch. Oh, jeez. So, you know what I did? I threw it in park, or not park, excuse me, apologize. Put the parking brake on, threw the four-ways on, and said, back it up. Yeah. One inch for my bumper. Yeah, otherwise you're going to be liable for probably. hitting him. Yeah. yeah. Dumb. Exactly. Dumb. I mean, I said to him, I said, this is a manual transmission. You want to drive one of those? 30-year-old kid with this new Ferrari. And all I got was a bunch of mumbling out of his mouth. Yeah. So I decided, back it up. And get out of here. So he went around me. Wow. Yeah, I would have backed. I would have rolled back into him. Yeah. I would have been liable. Yeah, yeah one right. inch is tough to work with. By the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one inch with, with a hill with yeah, a manual. That's tough to work with. I don't care how good you are. That's yeah. tough to work with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all I smelled was my clutch, and right. I just said, "Oh, this, I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna throw it in." You know. Yeah, good for you. Break on. Good idea. Well, that's so, a safe thing to do. Knucklehead. Yeah. Yeah. Good story, Mark. See you later. All right, man. Appreciate it very much. John in Denver is next. John, go ahead. Uh, good morning, uh, John. Uh, I've got a friend who's got a uh, 2018 ta- uh, Toyota Camry. Does that have direct injection? 2018 probably does. Yeah. Is it a, a 3.5, or do you know what engine's in it by chance? Don't know. Uh, it depends. I yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember on that one either. Because uh, and, and really quick for everybody listening – now, most every single thing produced is direct injection, but that's just happened in the last couple of years where everything went that way. 2018 is four years ago, and it was kind of a if, you know, either right. or in 2018 on that vehicle, John. Yeah. It'll, well, it, it, but it'll tell you. Point. I mean, you can look it up and figure it if you If you know what engine's in it, you can look it up and see. Yeah. If it's a... Not a three point five. What engine would it be? It's a four cylinder. It's either two five or a three five, and I think the two fives were. Yeah, I can't remember right offhand. Wow. So, is there one year where they across the board they were all became direct? You know, for all uh, Toyotas when they all became direct injection. Toyota, I'll be not 
not bashing Toyota by any means. They build a great car, but they've been so so behind. Well, Toyota gets something. It's it's tried and true. They leave it. They don't they don't dink with it. So that three five engine, for example, has been around for a very 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 long time. They're now starting to do some updating to it, but they it can sometimes John take them forever. They're some of the last kind of the last company to change into some of that at times other things they'll be right up in front they'll be in advanced mode and all of that but there's a lot of things that if in, in their world if it works leave it we don't dink with it that's where their reliability comes from is they're not dinking with things i'll have to look that one up john i gotta run though uh, send me an email i'll look so if you send me a vin number even i can look up and tell you exactly what's in it if i have a vin number i can't remember off the top of my head on that one exactly what it is and i just tried to look it up and it's not that specific i need to know what right. engine it is by the way so guys that's going to do it for today ken rackley tune tech automotive colfax and 225 if you want to find ken by the way just go to drive hyphen radio or drive radio.com uh, Larry Unger, thanks for answering phones today. Charlie Grimes, up next at Sportsman of Colorado. Guys, stay right here. Don't go anywhere. This is KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.